It's the Urban Parlay with your host, Sandra DuBois. Vibe with the tribe that'll take your stress away right here on the Urban Parlay. Bonjour and welcome to the Urban Parlay podcast. I'm your host, Sandra DeBose. Listen, I am so excited about this episode. And I know I say that all the time, but I'm telling you, I'm really excited because I am hot off the press with um, this past weekend, I had the opportunity to take a class. Now, I know I'm a lady, but don't get it twisted, okay? Because ladies, still got to handle their business. So what I did for myself and for my family is that I had the opportunity to take a carry and conceal class. And I really loved it because it gave me the opportunity to meet a lot of great people, to hear a lot of stories. And you wonder with the people that are in this room, what is your why? Why are you taking this class? Why do you feel the need to protect yourself? You know, and everybody's experience with using guns some there were some older women there that were not experienced gun users and then we had some um younger people there that have been using guns and then are now um in the process of getting the the licensing and everything that they need so we had a wonderful um we had some great conversation amongst the group getting to know one another and delving into this topic of you know, carrying guns and using guns safely. So with all of that, I was really excited to be able to share that information with everybody because there's so many things that we need to know about it. And the goal is really to empower, especially women, to feel as though you can protect yourself. A lot of times, of course, we're the weaker vessel, supposedly, um, but we feel like, you know, we are the victims. And we need to be able to empower ourselves in every way. And even if you don't use it, just to even know that you can protect yourself if you needed to. So I invited the instructor for the class to come on the Urban Parlay podcast and to share some information with us, to share her story with us, so we can all learn about this woman who is the modern age Medea. I wish you would mess with this sister right here. I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. <laughs> so without further ado, I want to welcome Ebony Hartsville Thorne to the Urban Parlay podcast. Welcome, sis. Thank you very much. I'm honored. Um, I was very excited when you messaged me and invited me. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for coming and for sharing. So first, let's, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from North Carolina? Where are you from, Ebony? I was born in Durham. I was just born there. Um, And I lived in Bunn, North Carolina. Some people may know of it. It's right outside of Lewisburg. Um, But that's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, And Raleigh is where I lived most of my life. Wonderful. Wonderful. So Mm -hmm. you are, so let let me just clarify, because I thought this was really interesting. Ebony Hartsfield Thorne, but you say no hyphen. No hyphen. Because I assumed that you were married, but you said that is not so. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> not at all. And, and when I do get married, I may drop both names. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> okay. you would confuse everybody. <laughs> everybody. Growing up, it was horrible. In school, no one knew my name. For years, they just called me Thorn. And then my 12th grade year, they literally realized I had two last names and it like changed my whole CD for graduation and everything. Oh my God. <laughs> if you will give us some background, because I thought it was really interesting. You know, I just have to say that I was so impressed with you because you're such a badass in, <sighs> in, in the coolest way, because the way that you carry yourself uh, still so very feminine, but with this, with this beautiful, quiet strength and just all the things that you know about this topic. And, and you said that you're always packing, you know, we, we kind of unpacked, you know, just yeah. this, this comfort that you have around using guns and teaching others and stuff like that. So I was just super impressed. But the one thing I wanted to know was how did you get here? So it made me curious, like, were you, did you grow up around guns? You know, is this kind of like a family thing? But tell me about your introduction to getting into using guns, learning about guns, and then teaching a class to other people about how to use it safely. To be honest, I first started at the range that I was working at. Yeah. Um, I was hired as HR. And in fact, before I even started there, I never even touched the gun never shot a gun um my dad he has plenty of guns but he was that person uh, let me just say my dad was born in 1932 okay so he was that person that was like listen ladies don't touch this they you know you're a lady this is what you do and this is what us men do so um okay. I never was introduced on that level okay. um but when I started at the range and I started doing their paperwork the owner was like, hey, you should get out there and shoot. You should go try to shoot and see how you like it. And I remember the instructor that took me out there, he was a Marine. Um, okay. And, and he took me out there and he had a 40 and I shot it for the first time. Yeah. First time ever shooting a gun. Yeah. And literally I felt like I hit a ton of bricks. Like in my mind, that's how I associated it. I was like, why would someone do this for a living? I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. You know, it was just, it was awful. But I kept on, I, I, I didn't leave, you know, because that wouldn't be strong of me to yeah. just walk off the range. But in my mind, that's what I wanted to do. Right. And so I get off the range and I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. I, it was okay. I shot, I hit the target, but it wasn't something I was in love with. Um. And then the other guy, Terry, that worked there, he said, why don't you try a nine millimeter? And I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And I shot the nine and it was so much better. Like, it was like night and day. And in my mind, I was like, why didn't I get started with this? Mm. Being an inexperienced shooter, you know, and if that would have been, if I was that person that was going to give up, that would have been the last time I shot probably, Got you it. know? Yeah. So essentially... It was like my mind went to how can I make this fun for people? Mm -hmm. How can I make it where they actually enjoy shooting yeah. and don't get that negative thought of what a gun is or how to use it or 
run off the range crying and never talk again. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah. at, at what point did you graduate to loving it and then wanting to actually teach the class? Um, it was something... To be honest, I picked it up very quickly, like the knowledge of it. And I think it was more of the challenges that came. Because um, working in a gun store and being a woman, and not only a woman, a Black woman, yeah. it was like people would come to me with tests. They they would know the answer, but uh, they would see if I knew the answer. Really? And it kind of made me want to build my own knowledge. And I'm like, okay, next time they come I'm gonna have this answer but I may not have it right now but I'm gonna have that answer (laughs) got you so now I want to ask you because it must be pretty cool for you as a woman working in a gun store surrounded by men but at the same time now we all know about the male ego do you find yourself often challenged like you know how competitive like how does that work being in a male-dominated environment with something that, you know, customarily men are the one who love guns and, and that whole thing. How do you how do you fit in that environment and do you enjoy that? Um, I do enjoy it. It is quite funny um, because those that actually know me and they've seen me shoot, when they hear people, you know, trying to taunt me like, oh, you know, let's go on the range. Let's see who could outshoot who. They're like, you really don't want that. Like, you don't want it, bro. You don't want it. Yeah, you don't want that, you know. And <laughs> it, it's all fun and games. And I just joke around. Um, one thing, you know, the guys, when they see me there, they're like, oh, there's a lady here. We can't say certain things, you know. And I'm like, listen. I done heard it all. I'm cool. Y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. It it is what it is, you know. So I think I have that laid back attitude where they kind of, they treat me like a lady because they know I'm still a lady. But at the same time, they're like, oh, no, she's one of the guys. We're cool. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. She she gets it. She gets the joy of, of, um, you know, you share their joy of being able to come and shoot. Yep. So... As we grow, we evolve, and then you learn things about yourself that you never even knew were there. So even for you, you were taking an HR job, and then you, you know, years later, you're like the badass that people are like, don't mess with her, dude, don't mess with her, <laughs> you know? You didn't see yeah. that coming, but you became that version of yourself. So for me, quite honestly, even though I was born, born and raised in New York City. I grew up in the Bronx, you know. I didn't grow up in the hood, but I know about the hood. I've certainly been to it <laughs> quickly, yeah. got out of it, but I've been to the hood, you know. So I do understand the importance of that need to feel safe or to protect yourself in certain environments, right? But it was something that I never had an interest in guns. I never saw myself carrying a gun, using a gun, and I had no desire to do anything like that and when I was married my ex-husband he did enjoy you know having guns and going to the range and he followed all the steps and so honestly I felt like my family was protected because he was my pit bull if he's carrying and I'm with him I could just be a lady because my man going he got me you know we good this house is 
this house is covered. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't some, it, 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 I didn't feel a need to come out of my comfort zone to do something that I really didn't have an interest in. It wasn't until I got divorced and I was living on my own for the first time with my children. And I saw them because they were used to having a man in the house that mm-hmm. covered them and made them feel protected. And I can sense their anxiety, especially at night when it was time to go to bed or what if something happens? And, and I started to feel like, wow, I don't have anybody to cover us anymore. I need to be in a position where I can cover myself and I can cover my children and protect this home. And that was really the impetus for me to come out of my comfort zone and to explore ways that I can empower myself to feel comfortable. And because we live in a right to carry, is that we call it right to carry state here in North Carolina, open carry, right? Open carry. Um, Open carry. And so, you know, there's so many people, it's part of our culture that you can go to a store and you can see someone carrying a gun. You know, it's just, it was an opportunity for me to say, this is something that I too can explore for myself within my second amendment rights to be able to do that. And when I went for the first time to a a shooting range, honestly, the one that I went to, and I'm not calling out any names because every, every range has their own brand and demographic that they cater to, right? Or people that'll be comfortable coming into their environment. So the first one that I went to, there wasn't a whole lot of people that looked like me. I'll just say that, right? (laughs) And so honestly, I took a class that was specifically for women who were learning how to shoot. Cause I didn't want to feel intimidated by going with all of the big boys and they're like, Oh, bless her little heart. Look a shorty over there. Like I didn't need, I don't need that. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to feel in an environment with other women who we could ask all the dumb questions that we want to ask. And nobody's going to be embarrassed or whatever that we can, it's a safe place. Ask your questions or what have you. And so I took that class, but I'll tell you, out of a class of maybe 12 people, I was probably myself and another one, the only African-American woman in that class. And then I saw in the actual shooting range, most of the people that did not look like me and they had their children with them. And it was like a whole family event that everybody was coming to shoot. And I was just like, what did I just walk into? What is happening? And this was during the Trump era that it was a lot of tension and all of this uncertainty because of the George Floyd, all of this energy, right? That was going around. And it made me feel like, this is just my feeling, that there was some secret stuff going on (laughs) that, that the other people were preparing for and their children and people that looked like me would not be in the loop. <laughs> so I was really like, oh, this is what we doing? Oh, that's, oh, that's what y'all doing? We all planning a revolution up in here? Like, you know, are we going to war? And I did not know, like, what's happening. But, and again, that was just the environment that I was in, right? So, but it really made me think, like, oh, my God, I got to get my girlfriends and we got to come here. We got to strap up. We got to. We got to get our head on straight because if something does happen, right, we've seen some crazy things 
happening in our world in the past few years, I want to feel like I'm not just a sitting duck, right? So, and mm-hmm. it was very, very empowering. And I, I did feel like you, like a badass. And it was just a different side to myself where I can understand then that the sport of it, that it's actually even entertaining and fun, like bowling or some other activity that you could just kind of say, hey, let's go do this tonight, you know, just for fun. And I really got to see the value of it. And it wasn't until I came to the place where you are teaching the class that I got to see they they serve a different demographic. So there was a lot of African-American people there that there were so many African-American people that are on board. Like, no, 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 we're protecting ourselves. We're doing it safely. And we are exercising our legal right to bear arms as well. So that was really, for me, my why of why I wanted to get involved. So I guess my question to you is, what do you find in terms of women? Because I know we talked about your desire to kind of break, dispel certain myths, break the stigma and to empower other women to feel as though you can protect yourself. You don't need someone else because that someone else may not be there when something really happens. So can you talk a little bit about what you've seen in terms of people, you know, women coming and and all of that and their mindset around it, especially women of color? Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of times when women come, they come for knowledge. They do want to learn, but at the same time, it's almost like a trigger effect, like something had to happen in order for them to feel protected, just like in your situation, you know. But in all actuality, it's one of those things where, you know, when you were in my class, one thing I always say, listen, you got to be ready. You got to come practice. You got to do this because going out and purchasing a firearm isn't going to make you ready if you're not practicing, because then when you actually need it, are you going to hit that target? Are you going to, you know, things like that. So um, I would see a lot of that rush by, you know, come in, let me just get something to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mainly just because a lot of times when you see, when you hear about women with guns it is, or in even black women with guns, oh, an angry black woman. No, I'm not angry. In all my shooting videos, I'm smiling. So I'm not angry when I shoot. I'm happy. You know, um, and it, it doesn't have to have that negative view on it. Um, yeah. Oh, women can't control their anger and things like that. And it's like, no, um, you know, I'm a very happy person. Um, I just like to carry and I like to shoot. So it's one of those things where... Um, I just, I, I definitely want it to change for women to come to the range and use it as a sport and, you know, do girls night at the range, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, one of my things that I'm most dangerous woman of all is the one who refuses to rely on your sword to save her because she carries her own. Mm. And I take that with me as well. Say that again. Say that again. The most dangerous woman of all is the one who refuses to rely on your sword to save her because she carries her own. Come on now. And so it's one of those things where protect yourself, you know, make sure that you're safe. Yeah. At all times. So So let's talk about that, because one of the things about, you know, having a gun or what have you 
is I don't want to have to use it, right? It's the, you know, there's this line of God forbid I actually had someone break in or what have you, and I had to use it and I killed somebody. Like there's still a part of me that's just like, oh Lord, like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't want you to kill me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, how do you get past that fear? You know, because there, there may be someone who has a gun, but are you really going to use it when the time comes? You know, it's like in the movies, right? Where you see someone pull a gun and on the bad guy and he's like, I can see in your eyes, you're not a killer. You're not even going to use it. And they're like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'm not going to use it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what good is having this gun if in the time when the time comes, you know? So have you ever had to use it? And what would you say about the person who's just like, I am never going to have the courage to, to do something like that, you know? I mean, and I understand, I understand their thought behind it as well, why they don't have the courage. I've never had to, I've never had to pull my weapon, but if I had to, I feel that I would be confident enough to. Okay if the situation came to it. Um, and it's mainly just because I want to protect myself. I want to protect my family. Yeah. And yes, you know, people say, well, if something happens, then maybe it was meant to happen. And I get that. But at the same time, there are man-made evils out here as well, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so it's one of those things where if it comes to me, if if every time I walk out that door, I look at it as me being, if I walk out without a gun, I'm a sheep. Yeah. I'm a sheep amongst possible wolves. Mm. Oh, and it's one of those things. Are you going to be a sheep or are you going to be a sheep dog? A sheep dog protects the flock. And that's what I am here to do. And I'm protecting my flock and myself. So are you going to be a sheep? Or are you going to be a sheep dog? Yeah. That's the question for the day, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are you going to be a sheep or a sheep dog? I'm going to be a sheep dog. Okay. I'm going to be a sheep dog. Yeah. So one of the things, like I said before, that I found really fascinating was when I went to that other place, I saw a lot of families with small children teaching their children about how to use guns. So let's talk about children and guns because you yourself, you do have a daughter who's nine years old. And so, but you shared with me yep. that you had started to teach her about gun safety as soon as she was, when she was five years old. So can you talk a little bit about your thoughts on training up children and, you know, all of that? Like, how, do, how does all of that work? Because as a mom, I start to freak out like, oh no, I don't want her to know it's in the house and help us. How does it work? So especially when it comes to training children, yeah. um, it depends on your comfort level. If you, if you know you may not be the safest when it comes to firearms, and when I mean safe, it's like little things like is the barrel pointing at your foot. Mm. That's not safe. You know, it's little things like that. You may want to consult with a trainer um, to get them to train, but I feel like safety needs to be instilled first before they even pull that trigger mm -hmm. they need to understand how important it is 
to be safe with the firearm, keep the firearm pointed down range, keep their finger out the trigger before they even get on the range and actually shoot. So sometimes, you know, things like that, it may take a little while, be at home with Nerf guns, stuff like that, just to see that they are being safe with the Nerf gun versus, you know, being unsafe. Trust and believe you'll see it um, because kids, you know, they're, they're playful. They're going to slip up. They're going to do something. And then you'll be like, okay, maybe you're not ready for the range. You know, <laughs> maybe we need to wait a little bit. Um, so it all depends on the child and their level of how well they retain that information um, and to show you that they're retaining it. What was, what was your reasoning to involve your child in gun safety? And, and did you have any angst or, you know, fear about, you know, introducing her to that part of your life? Um, I really didn't have much fear. Um, And the reason being, one thing I saw was when friends would come over, I would wear my gun on the outside of my clothing, I would open carry. And I, oh, that's a gun. Can I see it? You know, and my daughter, being that she grew up around it, she's just like, she never asked to see it. She never was like, oh, that's the gun. What does this do? You know, and it was like one of those things where the fact that she grew up around them, she was always around them. I was teaching her her gun safety. She knew that wasn't a question to ask. Can I see your gun? You know, because in her mind, she knows all guns are loaded. (laughs) That's how you just keep it in your mind. So, That was one of my reasons of really wanting to teach her because, like I said, I saw other kids that weren't exposed to that. Um, I've even done classes with some of my family members and the children, they really look at me like the cool aunt. I'm the cool aunt. Yeah, they love coming to my house, but I sit down. Yep. And I do surveys with them. How many of y'all have been exposed to a firearm? And majority of them have seen a firearm before their parents even know. Oh, wow. They've seen whether it was a BB gun, whether it was, you know, a real gun, but they have seen or come across it at some point. Okay. And so I'm like, it's something that needs to be talked about because other people can have firearms and you don't know, you know, you're taking your children to their home and they don't know how to act around the firearm. Mm. Teaching them about it is more than just saying, oh, I want my daughter to be a shooter. No, I want her to know what to do when she sees that firearm and how to react, how to um, avoid any type of accidents happening. So, yeah. Talk about that, you know, in terms of, I mean, and we hear that in the news so often about, you know, children that get a hold of someone's gun, a parent or whoever, and they end up shooting themselves or someone else. You know, what are your thoughts on how we as parents can prevent that just in terms of, you know, how to lock up your gun safe, safely, um, all of that? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, So I feel personally to really, to really kind of stop that it's like you said lock them up safe safely but with children as well they need verbal they need for you to verbally tell them what to do physically show them what to do so they understand this is how you handle it if you ever do come in contact you know and to also make sure they're locked up make sure they're away just in case 
And I mean, not up in a way, up in the closet. They need to actually be locked up where they cannot get in. In a safe. In a safe. Absolutely. How have you seen your daughter? Is she a little badass like you because she knows how to, you know, does she have more confidence? Like how has knowing gun safety, how has that changed maybe the way she moves and walks in the world? And just uh, tell her friends. Oh yeah, you, yeah, she'll tell them, hey, I know how to shoot. You know, my mom takes me to the range. I enjoy it. And um, <laughs> I, I used to do lunch a lot at the school before this whole COVID thing. Right. And the kids at the table, Lord have mercy, they had a thousand questions. Mm-hmm. How many guns do you have? Have oh. you ever shot this? Have you ever did this? Have you, you know, and so they definitely know about it. Um, and she, she's very vocal about it, but <laughs> she... She's a baddie. Like I said, she she boxes, she shoots. She's <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have to ask you, how does that work for you in dating? Because you might be a little bit intimidating to some men. <laughs> be like, I am messing with her because um you'd be like, yo, why was you liking her pictures on Instagram? <laughs> Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because I always get those guys, as soon as I tell them what I do, they're like, oh, you crazy. And I tell them, let me tell you, my resume says different. Okay. I am not crazy. I cannot be crazy. I cannot afford to be crazy. (laughs) Oh, my my God. I cannot. Oh, my God. So you, you work, you, you also work in the court system. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, your resume. Yeah, I'm a done. deputy court. You're you're a deputy. You said. Yeah, I'm like I can't be crazy. I... Well, you can't be openly crazy. You could be crazy on the low. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't let nobody know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really cool, though. I mean, that, I, hey, that's a nice place to meet men too. I'm just saying, I need to frequent more often. Personally, I'm just saying that's. It's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. I think I need a little bit more practice now. <laughs> yeah, that works. That'll work, right? Until you start out shooting him. Yeah, right. He's not going to want to take you to the range no more. You're like, why do they keep breaking up with me? What's the problem? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the second time I got dumped, what's the problem? So let's talk about the law. And, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about our class was that we got into some really intense conversations with real life um, examples of how does this work, right? Because as we know, the judicial system does not always apply the same when it went for Black and Brown people, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely a concern because when you do, when you are um, register to, ha- you know, conceal and carry, there are some things that you need to know about if you get pulled over. And a lot of the young Black men in the class had questions about what am I supposed to do? Because it then puts you, you're, you're doing it to protect yourself, but it also puts you in a position where if there is a problem with the police or what have you get pulled over, a speeding ticket, you also then have to know how to move to save your life. So can you talk mm-hmm. about what are some of the tips um, that you would give to people that do um, carry and conceal? And as you are, you know, driving and, you know, if something was to happen, 
You talked about how they should interact with the cops. Can you share a few tips with us for yeah. people that, you know, might be listening, who might be considering or do have their license to carry and conceal? What would you say we need to be mindful of? So one thing, um, especially you saw it in my class, the way I try to approach that situation is from the outside looking in. Yeah. If I was that police officer on the outside of that, that car, yeah. how would I want to see that person react if I walked up to the car? Okay. And me being on the outside of that car, I would want to see hands visible, you know, no quick movement. One thing I said in the class was let them know where your ID and firearm is located. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, if it's in the same spot, they may not ask you to grab it. You know, they may not say, hey, get your ID because they know the gun is also located in that same spot. Right, right. Because you said when they pull up your, your their tag, it's automatically flagged that you do have a carry and conceal. So when they mm-hmm. come and they pull you over, they already know what time it is. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But to be honest, out of all of my traffic stops I've ever had, and I will say before conceal carry, it was it was a very easy traffic stop. It wasn't any issues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. After concealed carry, it was even easier. Really? And the reason being, I tell them, we're not the ones they're worried about. We went to the class. We learned the laws. Mm-hmm. We are registered showing that we have a concealed carry. Yeah. You know, it's the ones that are that don't have the concealed carry that they worry about. When they approach my car, they know I have a concealed carry. The first thing that comes out is I'm a concealed carry holder and I have X amount of car, guns in the car and this is where they're located. Okay. It's just very clear. You know, they know that we're, we did it the right way mm. um, as far as getting the conceal and everything. And so they, they don't really look at us as a threat. They look at us as, like I said, I've been stopped and my gun happened to be where my, um, ID was and the cop was like no worries you know I'll just go pull it up I'll pull it up on the system you know he he didn't even want me to grab it and it was no get out the car you know anything like that it was just very okay no worries I'll pull it up right and that was it right so you don't feel like it makes you even more of a target that they're then on guard for you because they know you feel like it puts them at ease because you've proven that you're doing this professionally so that means that you don't have a negative intention exactly exactly um the major thing is just being that north carolina is an open carry state you are able to get your purchase permit and just buy a gun and you're able to have that in the car the major thing i just want people to be careful about is the placement of those firearms Mm -hmm. um if it's under the seat if it's in that middle console, if it's in your purse and you do not have a concealed carry, you will be charged with concealing without having a concealed carry, mm-hmm. you know? And that's where that, that comes into play where people aren't able to get concealed carries because they got a charge mm-hmm. or they're not able to have guns anymore because of that charge. Right. And it's like something so simple that could have been avoided because if you have the conceal, your gun can be anywhere in the car. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, and so I try to I try to tell people, get the conceal just so that you have that option to right. conceal or open carry if you like. Right. Right. That's good stuff. 
Can you talk a little bit about your thoughts? You know, there's a lot of controversy, especially right now around gun control and gun reform. And, you know, how can, you know, when you look at the United States in comparison to other countries and, you know, the amount of deaths that we have, you know, as a result of guns, as opposed to other countries, we're exceptionally higher. And so what are your thoughts about changing the way? Because honestly, it was pretty simple for me to be able to just go purchase a gun. I mean, I just certainly didn't have to take a psychiatric evaluation. <laughs> you know, nobody asked me, um, you all right? You feeling okay? You mad at anybody? You know, nobody, you know, it's just, it's so easy that if I was not in a good space or if I had mental health issues, there are no checks and balances. You know, what are your thoughts on that? It's actually not as easy as you think. Okay. So when you went down and you actually signed that paper um, yeah. for them to release your purchase permit, mm -hmm. you also signed a paper for them to do a mental evaluation background check on you. A background check. God. Yes. Okay. Because they so didn't wrap me up to nothing while I was there. I was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they did a background check to see if you have ever been in any type of mental institutions. Okay. Have you been to a therapist? They even looked that deep. Dude, I remember when I got my concealed carry, yeah. I, they literally had to get sealed documents from my therapist. <laughs> like they had to get the sealed documents from my therapist to see what I spoke about. No way. So it's really a lot of people think it's easy because of how quick it happens. Yeah. Um, but literally they really, they really dig. Yeah, you got the paper easy. Yeah, you just signed and it, you know, you ended up they they get sealed documents from your doctors and make sure that you're not on any type of um antidepressants and stuff like that. Like so they really go in deep. Wow. See, I did not know that. Because I was like, that was easy. <laughs> My major thing with a lot of the laws, I have no issue with laws. I have no issue with rules. Yeah. But let's be honest, they're only going to affect the ones that are law-abiding citizens. Mm. The ones that don't care about the laws they're still going to keep on breaking them no matter what laws you put in place. Clearly. So it's one of those things like you're making it harder for the ones that are trying to do it the right way, that are going out here, getting concealed carry, getting their purchase permits. You're making it harder for us, but you're not taking those illegal guns off the street. They're still there. You know, and there's no answer to how you're going to get that fixed first. So Right. Right. And that's that's really what we're talking about, the illegal guns and, and those things that are happening. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is so good. Um, any final thoughts from from you or words of uh, empowerment for our ladies or even, you know, things that men need to know? Any final thoughts from you about gun control and how we should use it when it comes to conceal and carry and the process? Um. I'm just going to say one thing that, like, like I said in my class, after the concealed carry class, you don't leave with the Holy Grail. <laughs> you still need to come to the range. You need to practice, um, whether it's once a month, two times a month, whatever the case is. Don't let just one time of you going to the range be the last time that you actually shoot. Um, practice, 
drawing from the holster, you know, getting on target, things like that. Um, just because when real life situations happen, mm-hmm. you're not going to have that time to rehearse. Mm-hmm. When it comes to shooting, it's all muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Shooting is muscle memory. And so once you get that muscle memory down, you start to practice it, it becomes second nature to you to the point where you will be able to protect yourself comfortably. I don't want your firearm to end up harming you more than helping. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So can you tell people if they were interested in taking your class for Carry and Conceal, how they can stay in contact with you or find out about the schedule so that they can get the information from the baddie herself like me? So if you if you would like to find out about my class um, on a few um, social media platforms, I have um, Instagram, Guns and Black Roses, and that's G-U-N-Z-N-B-L-A-C-K-R-O-S-E-Z. And um, Facebook, Guns and Black Roses, Firearm Training. Um, my website is gunsandblackroses.com. <laughs> and I'm also at Eagle One, uh, which is a gun range, is 4410 Craftsman Drive, um, right off of Wake Forest Road. Awesome. Tell us about Guns and Black Roses. Where did that come from? Um, it was just one of those names that just kind of just popped out to me. Um, I did, I, re- I don't know, like literally it, it really came to me like in a dream type thing. Like it's really weird because literally I changed it and I remember it was New Year's Eve when I changed it. And when I changed it, it was like a few people on social media, like, oh, that's a dope name. Oh, you know, like just going crazy. And I was like, <laughs> it just came to me, you know, it's just something that came to my head. Um, the two Z's at the end is because I do have a little bit of a list. So I think it's funny. Um, and so I added the Z's to kind of crack on myself, but <laughs> that was about it. Okay, most important question. Do you have a tattoo of a gun and black roses on your body? Have you gotten that tattoo yet? Not yet. I'm working on a tattoo. I want a <laughs> tattoo artist to make me a tattoo with an owl and a black rose and a gun and some other stuff. It's a whole bunch of stuff going on in my head, but I haven't seen it on paper yet. So I don't know how it's going to go back. Okay. All right. Tattoo artists out there, you know how to contact her. Guns and black roses with a Z, um, make that happen. Cause I think you definitely need to have that someplace tatted on you girl, because you are full embodiment of all of that. And I am just so really proud. I'm very inspired by you, by your strength um, and that you are just holding it down in such a beautiful way. So thank you for sharing this information. And I hope for those of you who are watching that you've been inspired and that you too feel empowered. I know it's an For some of us, it's an uncomfortable position to be in, but what do they say about being comfortable? You can't grow if you're just steady, staying in that comfortable space. And there is something very wonderful about being a Charlie's angel, by being in that room, you know, and you see that you can do anything that if I, with no aim, at least I thought I didn't, but I hit the target and I felt like, wow, me? Well, if I can do that, 
then what else could I do? And that goes for you too. So be empowered, be blessed. Ebony, thank you again for sharing uh, this time and space with us on the Urban Parlay podcast. I really wish you the best of everything, sis. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Guys, until next time, I am your host, Sandra DeBose, and I wish you peace and I wish you blessing. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Urban Parlay podcast. If you have enjoyed this content, please go ahead and subscribe and then invite all your friends. Tell them to come hang out and vibe with your new tribe. If you would like to support with a donation, you can do so via Cash App at dollar sign Urban Parlay Podcast and via PayPal at paypal.me forward slash Urban Parlay. Thanks. It's the Urban Parlay. Vibe with the tribe Right here on the Urban Parlay